Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. Welcome to everybody that's joining us online. We're glad you're with us. Let's pray and we'll get started here. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercies and your kindness that are new every morning. Father, we're so grateful that you always give us utterance in the Holy Spirit concerning your word. Lord, we're grateful that we have a seating with Christ in heavenly places, that we have the blood of Jesus which has cleansed us and made us righteous in Christ. We thank you uh, for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, for uh, bringing all things to our remembrance, for showing us things to come. And revealing to us truth from your word, the things that you've said to us, we're so grateful. We're so thankful. We're grateful for, Father, where we live. We're grateful for our church family, for our families. We're grateful for our nation, Lord, that you've placed us in. Lord, we're called to be those who are light, those who are salt in a world that's dark, in a world that's flavorless. And uh, we're so grateful that your words are nourishment from heaven to us, that they feed our spirit, that they transform our thinking, that they heal our physical bodies. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to, uh, uh, why don't you go to Mark chapter 9. We were in Mark chapter 5, we talked about, you know what, no, go to Mark chapter 5. I have all of uh, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen's, we call him Dad Hagen, he's in heaven now, but I have all of his teachings on audio in my office, and uh, I'll go through different ones just to you know, keep getting fed uh, on faith. And uh, he, he was notorious for uh, teaching the same thing over and over and over. And people would ask him, and they'd say, you know, why don't you teach, use a different scripture, or why don't you teach something else? He said, when you get this, we'll move on to something else. <laughs> I mean, he was just, he was nice about it, but he was pretty blunt, you know. <laughs> you know, you talk about a guy who believed God, at 16 uh, or 17, I can't remember where it was, but somewhere in there, uh, who was declared dead by Mayo Clinic. There was no cure. And he was raised in, every minister that visited him said, you're gonna die, just be ready to go. He was raised Baptist, so. Thank God for heaven, but. (laughs) Brother Hagin was like, I'd like to go, but just not now. You know, like one preacher said one time, he was preaching away, and, you know, who's, who doesn't want to go to heaven, you know? And uh, there was a person in the crowd that was like, it wouldn't respond, you know, to, want, to, want to go into heaven. And he's like, I mean, when the, guy, the preacher said, you know, when your time's up and you go, when, you, when you've lived out your life. And the guy said, oh, I thought you was taking up a load right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take a load right now. I want to get done first. 
And I know we talk about uh, living by faith and, and working in the kingdom, but there's no greater work. And I'll just say this, even in your natural work, and we all have natural work, everybody does. I do as a minister. We have lots of natural work. Um, if we're not doing it with a kingdom first mentality, you're just spinning your wheels. And you're not, I will say this, you're not storing up reward in heaven. So uh, we use faith every day. You know, people say, well, there's reward in heaven. Yeah, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ if you're born again. Now, now there's many grace people that, that or I should, I should say it this way. These things can get so uh, uh, tangled if you don't stand in enough light as far as scripturally. I mean, we're all learning. But there's a lot of, uh, uh, has been at times, especially when grace was being more emphasized in the body of Christ to where people have this idea, and they still do till today, um, you just have to deal with it because of the nature of what we live in. But this idea that it doesn't really matter what I do because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Well, in a sense, you're right. You're wrong, but you're right. <laughs> in other words, you couldn't earn your salvation. But God did not deposit within us something that was meant to sit in idleness. And so you're not going to get God mad at you if you don't uh, walk by faith in the sense of he's not going to, God's not ill-tempered. Does that make sense? He's not like, he doesn't wake up one morning and go, I'm in a bad mood today. <laughs> you know, I just can't put up with one more thing from Josh. I just can't stand it. And you can pick which one. They're both up here, so. <laughs> you know, along those lines, he, he, he's not that way because he believes that Jesus worked and accomplished your salvation, and he sees the faith in your heart concerning that salvation. But a lot of times people get to Ephesians 2.8, but they never go to Ephesians 2.10. Amen. So you're created unto good works. So everything that we do has to have a kingdom first mentality. Now, if you're a worrier or you've been kind of around legalism a lot, and I've had to fight this off and fight my way through it, um, which we all will, we're all going to have to fight these things because we're in the world. And the devil doesn't play fair, have you noticed? It's not like he follows the rule book. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about your rule book. He just wants you dead. And what I mean by that is I don't just mean off the planet. He would appreciate if he could do that. Have you noticed he hasn't been able to yet? You're all sitting here, so hope you believe that. <laughs> but he wants you dead in every area. He wants your marriage dead. He wants your relationship with your kids dead. Do you see what I'm saying? Death is more than just physically your heart stop beating. Death is in unthankfulness, gossip, jealousy, bitterness, laziness, entitlement. These are all so good. I'm rejoicing on the inside. Uh... <laughs> Anger and frustration and unforgiveness. 
in the sense of, you know, I, I know we can be, uh, we can have an anger and sin not. Okay, so I understand that. But I'm talking about like bitterness. The uh, unforgiveness is a big deal in the body of Christ, especially in our culture because there is such a level of wrong thinking concerning I would be something if somebody else would have done what they were supposed to. Now, think about this, okay? I want you to think about this with me. What if Jesus applied that to us concerning our salvation and his work? Do you see that? So we have to fight that off. Well, this person hurt me. I know it was 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, we say, you know, you get over it, stop it, whatever. I understand really what you need to do if you were get, you need to get in with fellowship with the Lord and go, Lord, this is hindering the way I see everything. Okay. Let's go a little further, all right? Because we, we the youth weekend's been awesome, you know, and it's going to continue. So, um, but we see, like I said yesterday, uh, I think Pastor Scott Keekover was ministering, and then the Lord impressed me to say a few things. But I saw it in the spirit, like people, he was sharing about how his parents got divorced when he was 18, and it affects kids. I don't care, I don't care what age they are. I don't care if they're 40. What, now, what we can't do is, like, if, the, if you've been in that situation and you're past it now, one, you can't live in condemnation. You have to receive forgiveness. But also, <laughs> we got to do this, guys. You have to own what you did with your kids. You have to own it. You say, what do you mean by that? It doesn't mean you have to go through 23 years of counseling and them discussing every little hurt that's taken place, but you need to sit down and, if, and work it out to where you talk to them, where you have time, and you, there's a coming together, there's a mutual understanding, not, not in rage and yelling and throwing paper plates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, none of that. So none of that, but... But in, okay, this is what happened. This is what took place. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I made mistakes. I shouldn't. I was not thinking right. I didn't follow the, the, the Lord like I should have. And I've already talked to the Lord about it. And we're good. And I want to make sure that we're good. And I don't want you to walk through what I... Right? So... Because the enemy wants to work death. And uh, I heard this years ago, I was talking to somebody and it was uh, uh, Heidi's parents were sharing this with me and they knew some people that had been divorced and, and the, the wife, you know, uh, they, they were talking to them and saying, you know, what about your kids, you know? And the wife said, oh, kids are resilient. That's... I mean, we all can recover with the Lord. But do you, have you ever just looked at statistics? 
And the enemy's ever working to try and get death into, into our situations. And what I mean by that is like, not like Satan can follow everybody around because we know he's not omnipresent, but he has a system of death operating. And we need to be aware of that. And the more truth and light we walk in, thank God for the grace of God and so much that covers us, but the more truth and light that we walk in, the more um, that we can release the kingdom. And what we're talking about is the problem is not the problem. And we're talking about faith. Faith is important for physical healing, but if you don't need physical healing, that's fine. But we walk by faith. That means, that doesn't just mean, so when you think of walk, in the Greek, the implication is you're stepping in the steps of Jesus. So have you ever, do you, have you ever done this? Uh, so I, at our home, uh, we have uh, one parking, I live in a town, uh, town home, so we have an HOA and all that. I have one parking spot outside for my house, which has my uh, address on it to let you know you can't park there. <laughs> That's my number or my neighbors, whatever you want to say. And then there's a visitor parking, you know, and another visitor parking. And they're all labeled. And then we have our garage, which we can't fit two vehicles in, but we're supposed to be able to. <laughs> so, so when I had, when Kylie was home and then we had... Uh, at the time, we had two vehicles because I had my other car that, uh, uh, before at that time. So I would park outside there. Of course, Heidi gets the garage, right? That's the way that works, <laughs> which is right. That's right, right? I can peel snow off my car. She doesn't need to. So, but then Kylie would park on our street just right there. Well, there wasn't really a walkway to go that way. Well, there isn't one. And so sometimes the snow you know, starts to pile up in the grass. So sometimes I would go out and take my shovel and just shovel a path right through the snow, right? But sometimes you're late or you're running behind, whatever. And so how many have done this? You go through the snow, right? And then the next day you're late, but what do you do? You find those same places that you stepped before and what do you do? You step there again. Jesus already stepped. You step where he stepped. Now, he, it's not just obedience in the sense of, well, I'm just going to do it because Christ legally wants me to do it. Christ wants you to do it because of the benefit to you, not necessarily because of the benefit to him. Not only do you step there, you're empowered to step there. So the requirement or the request or the command that the Lord gives, don't just think, I gotta follow these rules. Think, I can and I'm empowered because of the word to follow these words. Well, it bothers, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Ian, uh, Ian was sharing a dream he had with me. I'm not gonna share it, okay. So, and I said, I said, yeah, I said, uh, uh, it, this life can be embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I, I don't know about you. My flesh never likes to admit it's wrong or apologize. It has never been like, yeah, Sean, let's go do that right now. Let's humble ourselves in front of people. That'd be great. My flesh doesn't want to do that. 
My flesh, the nature of my flesh is, um, well, they should apologize first. Or you can grow and, and be and function in a higher level and mature and not even be concerned if they ever apologize and just do your, what you're supposed to do. Obey the Lord. Well, it's not right. Right. None of it's embarrassing. It, it, nothing's right down here. It's just the way it is. Well, it shouldn't be that way. Well, thanks for noticing. So be the difference. Be the way it should. Stop placing the demand on everybody else and turn the light to me. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to turn it to myself. I was having a, a breakfast a while back in, uh, with Mike, and I was, he was sharing some things with me, and all of a sudden, I saw it. You know, a lot of times when you know this word, if I, this word is a light, right? So if I take this word and I just aim it at Josh, and I can sit as a spirit-filled believer and go, man, the Lord's really showing me a lot of stuff about Josh. Is he? Or have I just not... A lot of times what we think we see in someone else is just this works every time. It's actually not for us to even say anything. We should have this, right? You see it? If I, if I had a flashlight, I'd put it here, and then I'd put a little mirror right here. Because this word is a flash, it's a light, and it's a. Now, but, but if I turn it, now this is a good illustration on the other side. If I turn it to Josh, and I have the mirror, then it's no longer me standing as a Pharisee. Because he's not seeing me, he's seeing. And that's what grace is. Jesus could have stoned the woman caught in adultery. He had the right, legally. In fact, he was the only one that had the right. Except there's this thing about Jesus. Long before he was ever on the planet. Come on. Jesus declared it. The woman at the well, he said, before Jacob was. What was Jesus doing at the well? Hanging out where he knew it would be. Because he's before any of this was here. Eternal mindsets. They're the best. We say, how do you get that? Just stay here. Next time you have three hours of free time, shut everything off, sit down in your chair, open up your Bible, and just start reading. 
and the Holy Ghost will go boom. And you'll be less impressed with everything else you have in this life. You won't care. You get over into the spirit far, far enough and you're, you just, you can get lost. Amen? And it's great. I love it. So <clears throat> the problem that you have is not the problem. It's many times a faith issue and a wisdom issue. And then usually it's an obedience issue. You know, to see the problem is the easiest part. Have you ever heard this? It doesn't take a genius to find a problem. It takes a genius to find an answer, a solution, right? <clears throat> the enemy loves to darken everything, confuse it, stir things up and cause problems, the more he can get us to talk in the flesh and in the natural on a problem that we have, the, the further we get away from the answer. So watch. <clears throat> we'll have to hit on some of these things, but as parents, like with young people, teenagers, right? The world is yelling at them. So as parents, we have a responsibility to live a way and to teach a way that teaches them how to or shows them how we don't let those voices direct us, whether it be the voice of the flesh or the voice of the systems in the world. Because they reproduce, watch, even if your kids don't know about your secret sin, it'll, it can show up in their life later if you don't take care of it. Why? It's how it's built in the spirit. You may do your best to hide your worry. It'll show up. Seeds always grow. It's a spiritual principle. Right? So we, it's again, walking by faith. So then what is the solution? Time with the Lord until you get the answer. I've had so many people come up to me at times. Through the years, so many times, they, they do this. They say, uh, <clears throat> they say, I got this problem in my life, and I prayed about it, but I haven't gotten an answer. <laughs> Will you pray? Yeah, I mean, I'm already praying for you. It's, that's already happening every day. I prayed for you this morning. Did you pray for me? Okay, just checking. <laughs> or, or do you just think you pay me to pray for you? Am I your hireling? You don't want a hireling. Because when a lion shows up, you know what a hireling does? <laughs> See, yeah, I feel a leading. <laughs> you want somebody that'll get in there and go, like uh, Pastor Rusty shared last night about these wrestlers that got in a fight with a bear because they were hunting for antlers. And the one 
got attacked by the bear and was being attacked and his buddy didn't leave him. He was thrown, he threw a rock at the bear. He threw a stick at the bear. That didn't work. You know what he did? He jumped on the bear's back. That worked. It also got him mauled as well. And they both lived, but guess what? They are going to be forever. Friends. <laughs> forever. At least as far as down here is concerned, you know what I mean? You want that in a church. You want somebody who will jump on, and afterwards you're both looking at each other going, we lived. Here's the scars to prove it. Come on, Jesus has the scars. Mm. So, where was I before that? Oh, yeah, we're praying for each other. <clears throat> And, they, and, I, and I think to myself, why'd you stop praying and expecting? The Bible doesn't say that if we pray and ask according to his will, that God will just sometimes not answer. It says he hears us and he always answers so if I start stepping over in doubt and unbelief and going into, well, I guess, I guess I just don't get a no. I guess God doesn't want it. Now the devil has us where he wants us. And I'm no longer in faith. Do you see that? It's danger. And, and sometimes people think, well, you mean we have to live like this? Yes. Well, I mean, you don't have to. But we're going to be, uh, those that, that are living like this, we're going to be trying to tote you along the rest of the way. You know, joy totes that kid around, at least for another week, because I don't know how you're going to keep carrying him as big as he's getting. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's not supposed to stay like that. Can you imagine if Heidi had Ian and... <laughs> you know? But spiritually, come on. I refuse to stay little. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I am built for this. That's what Pastor Josh, Pastor Jeremy was, he kept reiterating it. Pastor Jeremy, you're built for this, this youth conference, you know, he was saying, the teenagers. You're built for this. In other words, we're built for this. Amen? We're built for spiritual conflict. You should just settle it right now. You're in a fight. Just settle it. Just settle it. Pastor Scott was sharing, so good. And he was talking about not beating the air. But he was giving these illustrations. This all has to do with faith. He was giving these illustrations and he brought his old gi from when he took karate. And he said, I never got good at karate. You know why? He quit. He goes, I always wanted to play guitar. And then he played this video of somebody playing smoke on the water. Yeah. 
Smoke on the, yeah, I know what, we all know the age of the people, the kids are like, smoke on the water. <laughs> well, and it might have a connotation that smoke on the water, anyway, all right, so I'm going to just move on. I know what it means. <laughs> I also know what puff the magic dragon means, too. You know? All right, so. <laughs> <clears throat> Lucy in the sky with done. Yeah. I had to watch that in art class. I'm in junior high going, yeah. It stands for LSD. If you watch the video that the Beatles did, they were on LSD. <laughs> Come on, we all live in a yellow submarine. Write the next line. <laughs> That's how they got that stuff. All right. Jeez. Thank God I got saved. Uh, now, all of that went over the teenagers' heads. None of them got any of that. But there is a correlation today. There's a song today for all of those. Anyway, but we're built to fight. He said he would have his friends come over and he would play those three or four chords over and over and over. And then he'd stop and he'd say, hey, you want to hear another? You want to hear it again? And he'd just play the same song. And he said, I never got good at the guitar. You know why? He quit. You'll never get good at fighting if you quit. Well, it'll be easier to quit. No, it'll be death. You will get 10 years down the road and go, oh my goodness. And I'll be given an altar call and you'll be rededicating your life to the Lord. Or you could be 10 years down the road and be a black belt. <laughs> I'd rather be a black belt. I have to fight anyway. Those who choose not to fight choose to numb themselves and try to make the problems go away. The only way problems go away for Christians is if they submit to God, resist the devil, and, they, and he flees from them. Amen. See, I don't want to throw my armor on Dale and go, go fight for me. Come on, that's what a lot of Christians want. If we can get to the place in our thinking where nobody has to be perfect for us because Jesus was, we'll grow, we'll change, we'll restore, we'll heal, we'll become mighty for God because he's already mighty in us. Amen? We can walk by faith and overcome. Well, it was too bad of a background. No, there's never been a problem that's been too big for God, actually, that he didn't know about. And this is where grace comes in. This is the, the other side of kind of the mountain of grace on this, the word of God. Yes, we're empowered, and if we do, according to his word, we get results. If we sow to the spirit, we reap from the spirit eternal life. If we sow to the flesh, we reap Death, right? And death is not just physical death. 
It's, it's uh, tormenting thoughts. It's emotions that are out of balance. It is uh, finances not flowing like they should. It is fear all the time. It is insecurity. It is, it is all those things that come from the root of death. It has a fruit. And like uh, the Holy Spirit told Heidi one day, the Lord doesn't prune our problems. Oh, you can think about that for a little bit. That's deep. God, how many have ever had a weed in your yard? God doesn't just go by and take the weed eater and chop the top off. If you hit weeds with a weed eater, what do you know? You won't see them for a little bit. But what are they doing? They're coming back. You have to get to the root. I got to get to the root, right? So how do I do that, though? Okay, so we're not going to do anything in Mark. You know enough about faith. All right, go to Proverbs 8. <laughs> I'm just being led, amen? I've got, I could go to, I have one, uh, two, three, four, five, six passages we could go to. Not scriptures, passages. And I'm just trying to find the right one for the moment that the Lord wants to do. So Proverbs chapter eight, so how do I get wisdom? Well, what did, what did the Lord tell us in James? If any of you lacks wisdom, to what? Ask, right? And now you can't just ask flippantly. Now don't listen to the religious demon. You say the religious demon, what's the religious demon? The religious demon says I ask and God, if he chooses to, will answer me. There's no scripture for that. Now Lord, you said to ask for wisdom, but you're sovereign and you decide what you're gonna do anyway, but I'm gonna ask anyway, but you're still gonna do what you wanna do either way, so I don't even know why I'm asking. I mean, this might as well be where you go. It might as well be where you end up. It doesn't make any sense. I hate that stuff. I love the people, but I hate that stuff because it's just fancy trash. It's just garbage made, it's polished, it's a polished, I'll let you finish that, all right? <laughs> it's just gold-plated, okay. So, <laughs> but we're to ask for wisdom and we're to believe that we receive that wisdom. Because after that, he says, don't be, don't waver, don't be double-minded, don't be up and down. Well, it doesn't feel like God answered me today. He answered you. Well, I'm up today. For sure it's going to happen. Feelings don't matter. He answered you. He said he gives wisdom liberally and upbraideth not. Do you know what that means? It means he doesn't call you stupid and make you feel stupid for not knowing. Isn't that nice? I love that. All right, Proverbs chapter 8, and let's go to verse number uh, uh, 22. And I want you to see some things here. We have a few minutes. We can wrap up with this. I want to point out some uh, uh, truth here that I believe will help you receive better in wisdom, help us receive better in wisdom. 
Proverbs 8.22, the Lord, this is talking about wisdom specifically, the Lord possessed me when? At the beginning of his way before his works of old. Notice two words there, beginning and before. Beginning, he knew about my problems, beginning and before. He knew what I would need before I ever had a need. Come on. Now we're dealing with foreknowledge here, okay? So I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna say a couple of things here, I want you to hear it. God did not predetermine my stupidity. He did predetermine my answer if I would by my free will accept it by faith. So foreknowledge is not foreordination. Okay, let me say it again. God did not foreordain me to make dumb decisions. But in, but in foreknowledge, he chose me in Christ Jesus. He didn't make me receive the answer because I have to do that by faith. He gives me free will. This is where people that are predestination crazy get off because they go, <laughs> we dealt with this, uh, Taylor did, she had a Bible teacher in her, her school that was very predestination. Well, you like pineapple because God chose it. I mean, God knew what cereal you were going to eat this morning? He predecided? No, 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 no. None of that, none of that. No, he gives us free will, and we have option. Come on, think about it. If he's picking everything, why did he say in the Old Testament, I set before you, but I'm going to decide for you, so don't bother thinking about this. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Come on, it doesn't make sense. I, don't, I didn't even have that high of a GPA, and I can figure that out. <laughs> I don't even need a revelation. You know what I mean? It just says what it says. So what did God do? He looked out into the future, and he knew Adam and Eve are going to mess this up, but I still love my creation, and I want them to be with me, so I'm going to make sure that they always have a way. And not only do they have a way back to me, but they have an answer for where they are right now. Grace, you're actually taking from a supply that was already there before you got there. <laughs> That'll mess with your natural head. But you actually already have the answers right now. If you'll... Now, if God needed to create something, but I doubt he's that bad of a planner, he knew ahead of time, he would create it for you if, he, if it was within his will. And we know what his will is by this, right? So you have the answer in the spirit, and this is what working from grace is. You're working from grace what has been supplied to you. You've been empowered by the resurrection of Christ to access the kingdom, listen to me, like Jesus did when he was here. 
I'm going to say it again. You have been empowered because of what Jesus, because of Jesus' complete work, there is now an opening to the supply house of heaven. And you now, because of what he did and his name and his continual intercession for the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus that's speaking on the mercy seat, you now have access into the kingdom like Jesus did when he walked the earth. Ooh, that'll mess with your head and you're going to have to fight doubt on that one, especially religious doubt. I'm not saying you become Jesus. How many know that the body of Christ is not a freak? It has one head. Because anything with more than one head is a freak. Anyway. <clears throat> that doesn't fit the social norms, but... <laughs> the politically correct. But you understand what I'm saying. You have access to the wisdom. The wisdom was there before you got where you are. Come on, you got to fight for this. You got to be like that woman with the issue of blood. You got to keep pressing and pressing and pressing. You got to be like Jairus. Well, the situation's dead. Nope. Nope. I'm going to fear not and only believe. Amen? That's faith. And get into that wisdom in the spirit, by faith. Reach it, and then that wisdom, you'll, it will enlighten your thinking. You go, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do about this situation. But we're to walk this way. <laughs> I could say stuff. But I think I'll let you seek the Lord. So, verse 23. This is wisdom. I have been established from when? Next part. From the before there was ever. This is Jesus. You do realize that. Verse 24. When there were no depths... I was brought forth. I, I'm going to get down to this last verse real quick, but you're going to rejoice with me. When there were no fountains ab abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. You see all these before, beginning. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. I'm going to go watch these videos in heaven. You can get glimpses of it. God the Father. And then he says, light. Boom. And the big bang happened. All right. <laughs> when he established the clouds above, verse 28, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. 
I love this. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, God is a planner. Oh, he plans. He gets it all together perfect, and then he executes through the architect, Jesus, and the manifestation of the contractor, Holy Ghost. He does. Okay. I see it in the spirit. I just love these verses. Verse 30. Then I was beside him as a master. Yes. He is no greenhorn. He is, what's the top electrician? It is master electrician? Yep. He's not even a journeyman. He's not, I mean, he knows front to back everything. Okay, I got to wrap it up. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. See, when you're in wisdom, you're happy. Verse 31, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was in the... Master craftsman, and I'm his delight. Yes! Ha ha, devil! The master craftsman. I'm his delight, which means in all of his creation, what he rejoiced over the most was you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.